Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the seventh episode of your new favorite internet show, VisionCon Live. I'm your host, Zach Wilson, but you didn't come here to see me today. You came to meet the man of the hour. He voices Shino from Naruto, Udiu from Bleach, Kokichi from Danganronpa, just to name a few. He's voice acting royalty, and I'm not just talking about his last name. Please help me welcome the absolute <laughs> legend, Stephen Prince. Stephen, how are you doing today? No, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing dandy as candy. It's, uh, it's very surreal meeting a lot of my heroes through this show, so it's something I'm personally grateful for. And I'm really glad it's really kicking off. So thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in each and every episode. But, Stephen, I just wanted to start this interview kind of similar to how I start most of them. I want to know the superhero origin story of Stephen Prince. How did we the superhero. get... Yeah, how do we get from kind of just, you know, little old Steven to one of the most renowned voice actors of our generation? <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the origin story. Um, well, are we, are we talking as an actor or as are we talking as a voice actor? We're, we're talking as a person first, and then how do we get to acting and voice acting? Well, I guess uh, as a person, I, I would have to give credit to my mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as, as an actor, just a regular actor, um, that actually had a lot to do with, I, I, would, I would have to say, oh gosh, I, I can't even say that my, either my mom or my dad were responsible. I, they got divorced when I was five. But so um, it happened after that. But um, they both, in their own way, separately, um, but together, kind of helped me because um, they were both performers uh, growing up as as kids. My mom was a professional ballerina. My dad uh, was an artist, but he also very was very fond of acting and singing, and so I it was kind of just always around me and even like going way back uh prior to them even being born my grand my great uncle um as well as my grandmother and my great aunt were all in the entertainment industry as well my grand my great uncle was actually the very first actor um as a live actor like on stage to actually portray pinocchio um, and he did that closely after the Great Depression when Herbert Hoover was trying to kind of ramp up um, uh, the New York scene and, and actors being able to still do what they want to do. Uh, not very unlike what's happening right now uh, with uh, COVID and, you know, and, and actors still being able to work and, and do what they want to do. Um, so it kind of goes like way back there. And then, you know, just, it's always been around me. I was started doing professional stuff as an actor when I was about maybe eight or nine. And my mom kind of helped me get into um, some extra work stuff, doing television and film. My dad would um, often have me uh, singing with him whenever he would go to these, you know, events like parents without partners. And they had like, you know, stuff that you could do with them. 
so and and he would also just i don't know I, it's just always been a part of me so like i can't really say that there was really an origin story per se but I guess it would have to go all the way back if you're talking origins, like, you know, how it even ever happened, go all the way back to my great uncle, who was probably the first, and then just kind of trickled down from there. Wow, okay. All right. I think I need to rebrand my intro uh, to these things because superhero origin story, uh, if in recent memory, no one ever knows what I'm talking about. So that's probably on my end. Usually when I ask that, I mean, uh, kind of just like, you know, Growing up, was this kind of your thing? Did you always know you wanted to be an actor, a voice actor, or did it kind of kind of come to fruition later in life? Actor, yes. Voice actor, no. Okay. Um, well, what was the big turning point for voice acting? That would be Bob. Um, so uh, what happened, and for those of you that are watching and maybe didn't watch last Saturday, Bob Bergen, who was a previous guest on, on VisionCon um, as well. Um, so, um, what, uh, what happened was, um, after I had graduated from Carnegie Mellon University, got a BFA in musical theater, stayed in New York for a couple of years, then decided to come back out to California, which is where I grew up, um, and, uh, stayed with my dad for a few months. Um, while I was doing that and, you know, getting back into the whole extra thing and actually had a couple of bit parts in some shows, uh, like ER and Stay by the Bell, the new class, um, then things kind of slowly started dying down as far as on camera stuff goes. But as an actor, you always have to take classes. You always have to, you know, just try and stay in the loop, so to speak. And so one of the classes that I was taking at the time was at the Screen Actors Guild Conservatory, which no longer is in existence, physically speaking. Um, but one of the classes that I decided to take because it sounded interesting was introduction to voiceovers. Um, and that was with Bob. Um, and so when we did the class, you could clearly see, and based on what I learned way back then, which I still apply to whenever I'm kind of doing an introduction to voiceover class at um, conventions, is that first and foremost, you have to be an actor. Like, you can't just, like, e even if anybody tells you you have a great sounding voice, you should be doing voiceovers. That's not necessarily the case. Because I know a lot of, professional actors who have tried doing voice acting and it just doesn't translate um and they've figured it out thank goodness but um it it takes a, a whole set of different set of it, it it's a whole different set of skills as an actor to be able to translate into voice acting and if you don't have those set of skills then it's not going to matter and I'm sure all of you guys who are out there who have watched tons of anime and tons of dubbing and tons of just voice acting in general, you will, like, if there's a really, not necessarily not technically speaking dubbed anime that, that you've watched, but you can tell sometimes when you're watching an anime, like, oh, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going, uh, doesn't interest me, I'm past that. Okay, let's go to something else, whatever. You, we've all done it, even myself. 
Um, and it has to do with the talent. You know, it's like if, if the talent isn't well-directed or it is well-directed, but you're just not hearing the convincing performance of a voice actor, you're just going to change the channel, you know? And uh, I, I think the same holds true with, with this. So anyway, so we were, in the, we were in the introduction to voice acting class with Bob. And I could see just like the number of actors that may be good as actors, but shouldn't have ever been in the voice acting class to begin with. But, you know, they were probably just like me and just curious and wanted to know more about it. And so we were all there and uh, Bob gave us sides and we all had to read the commercial copy and we all had to read the animation copy. And I specifically remember at the end of the class, when we were all leaving and he stopped me um, and he said, so, Hey, I'm just curious, uh, you know, do you have a demo? And I had no idea what the heck he was talking about. Cause like I'm coming from the on camera world. So I didn't know that there was actually a demo that you're supposed to have for voiceovers. Right. Um, and he goes, yeah. So, you know, could I have your demo? And I'm just kind of look at him, stared at him like a deer in the headlights. And, and I, I go, uh, uh, why do you want an on-camera demo for me? I thought this was like a voiceover class. He goes, no, 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 no. Like for voiceovers. Oh, wait, you don't know that there's a demo for voiceovers? I go, no, this is like the very first like ever voiceover class I took. And he goes, oh, dude, I thought you were just like here to catch up, you know, like just, you know, just brush up on stuff that I maybe I had that could add to what you've already learned. And he goes, it's, it's obvious that you know what you're doing. And what you probably need to do at this point is just uh, fine tune it so that you can even be better than what you are now. So he was actually the very first uh, instructor that I took classes from. Um, and he even helped me with my first animation demo. Um, and so I guess he was in, in a, a, a huge majority without me even ever knowing about it, you know, the, the spearhead for me just pursuing voiceovers as, as a, as, as an actual profession. And he, he, he's the one that actually introduced me to anime as well. Was he really? Yes, he was. Yes. Um, I happened to catch him at the tail end before he decided not to do any more anime. Um, but I caught him at the tail end of one of the shows that he was working on, which was Eagle Riders. Um, and he was one of the pilots in that show. And so I got to sit in and I was like fascinated by the fact that, wait, so like there's like this Japanese cartoon that's called anime and you're actually dubbing it into English and that's a thing. Oh, okay. Cool. It's so wild. it's a wild time to be alive, isn't it? Right? Exactly. Uh, well, and like yeah. Bob Bergen, like first off, one of the most sweet people in the world. Yeah, he had a lot of yeah. nice things to say about you last Saturday <laughs> during my interview with him. So that, that even made me even more excited. Uh, yeah. you. And that was also the episode where I believe I actually did the sneak preview for all of them. Because how I usually do this is the guests that we haven't announced yet, I wait yeah. until the following uh, interview to then announce them for the people early, just, you know, for the people watching, get a little sneak preview. And, you know, right. he was just real excited to hear that you were going to be on the show, too. Oh. So, yeah. But, you know, moving kind of away from that, you know, I kind of wanted to explore some of 
a long list of characters. Like I've said before, through most of the people that we have on this show, you know, you guys' IMDb pages are miles long. If I, if I dissected every single character you guys do, we'd be here all day. There were a yeah. couple I did want to touch on. Uh, the yeah. first one, actually, I'm going to kind of group the first two together, uh, Shino and Uryu. Now, they have a lot of similar, you know, kind of uh, character traits, and, but also different in their own dynamic. But right. they are both very, not necessarily monotone, but they're very level-headed, you know, until, you know, you upset them, obviously. But they're both very level-headed. But one thing I did want to bring up, uh, Uryu specifically, and it was something that you mentioned a little bit ago, if it's not a convincing performance, people, myself included, aren't going to watch, you know, at least the, the English dub of an anime. Right. And so uh, the first thought that went to my head was actually during the Bounce arc, again, you know, you guys have had all the time in the world to watch Bleach. I'm not going to worry too much about spoilers, and it happens pretty early on. But uh, during the Bounce arc, when uh, the female Bounce dies, and forgive me, I don't remember her name, but, you know, she was great. But she dies, and just Udio's, or Udio, or rather, your just like scream of anguish during that scene, just like rocked me to my core. And I was just, like, and it, it, it just, you kind of have to think back. And I was like, I mean, yeah, these characters are impactful, but they're just, they're just like, I don't know, like art. And then there's people behind those voices. And then just to think that you were the one who just made that noise without actually somebody dying in front of you in your arms. Like, it's a big testament. So I do want to ask, how do you, is that just a skill you have to learn over time? Is it an innate one that you've always been good at? How do you get good at kind of having those moments, even though you might not even have any real life experience with that moment? Uh, that's a great question. Um, unfortunately, um, I actually did have experience with somebody already passing away. What have I done? Which lent to that. I just kind of transferred the emotion that I felt from that one individual to this anime. So that unfortunately helped <laughs> in my particular instance. I know a lot of actors who have never had to experience, you know, somebody passing away or dying. And thank goodness, you know, they're just able to pull from some, you know, other experience and apply it to what they're going through. I mean, we all have to do that. I mean, I mean, let's, let's face it. I, I, I've never had bugs inside of me, so I have no idea what the hell that feels like, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I, I still had to somehow translate the fact that to Shino, uh, bugs are like his best friends, you know? So it's like, you know, how do you trans, it's, it's, it, it is, it's, it's all about transferring one emotion to making it kind of embody what you're going through as that character in, in the anime. And um, that, I mean, a, a lot of that also has to do with your training as an actor. You know, if you, if you're not able to, find the right incident in your, in your previous experience and emotions and, and be able to apply it to what you're currently going through, then it's, it's not going to read when people are watching it. I mean, so, I mean excuse, excuse me as I put my foot in my mouth, but uh, I'm sorry <laughs> for, bringing, for bringing that up. But, you know, hey. No, I mean, no, no. It def it's, it's, it's totally cool. I mean, it definitely does. It's both a testament to both, you know, that experience, but also to your abilities. Because, I mean, yeah. you to rock me to my core that much, you know, over an anguished scream. I mean, it means a lot. And 
for Shino, something I really appreciate about him and your delivery as Shino is just kind of his deadpan humor. I mean, like, he's not a very charismatic guy, but, you know, when he does open up, I mean, especially in Boruto, when, uh, you know, as he's an adult, I mean, the ones, the episodes that center around him are some of my favorite ones of all time. Now, yeah. moving on from those characters, though, I want to explore one that's actually drastically different than them. And in, in a material that drastically differs from those two characters as well. I want to talk about Koki or Ko uh, Kokichi for a minute because okay. uh, my girlfriend, super into Danganronpa. So when she heard that, you know, I was interviewing you, she was stoked. Um, but Danganronpa is something I've been experienced vicariously through her, just kind of watching her play. And yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like a great series if you're into it uh, about, you know, a bunch of teenagers killing each other. But I know that's deeper than that. Don't worry, guys. But I did want to ask kind of what's the inspiration behind Kokichi? I mean, like, obviously, uh, for the characters that I've been introduced to in these series, he's by far my favorite. So I, I am kind of curious as to kind of what was the inspiration behind it? Because it, it, it's one of those characters that you don't really see much, at least in my opinion. Well, I do remember when I initially auditioned for it. I don't remember what the breakdown for the character was. but. I do remember that, you know, he was kind of a conniving, manipulative, but, you know, trying to show his best face at the same time kind of kid. Um, not a lot was, not a lot of detail in terms of what actually happens later on was, was given in the, in, in the, in his biography, so to speak, or his character breakdown. Um, but, it, it, they were definitely looking for that kind of snarkiness that, you know, um, I'm so much better than you attitude to the character. And, and so I don't know how in my mind that translates as far as a voice goes, but obviously what I gave them was what they were looking for. So... Just that smugness about him is very endearing. And like, oh, it's just, you, you translate it so well in the voice that you give them that yeah. you know, it just, it makes it so much believable, as you said. Now, do you try to tailor certain voices to certain characters or do you just oh, yeah. use a bunch of them and kind of see which one sticks? No, I, I, and what, and this is for those of you who are, are interested in more of like some of the backstory stuff of what an actor auditions with usually um if you're good you want to at least provide them with a couple of different variations if not two then maybe three so you'll you'll have a, a new maybe not necessarily a completely different voice but you want to give them a nuance of maybe something that might be slightly different from the first take that you gave them in the second take. And then you just, you know, if they have something to pick from, then wow, even better for them because now they know that you're versatile enough as an actor that whatever they want to go with, you're able to give them. Um, so I don't remember what it was that I gave them in the audition, but I, I think I at least gave them a couple of different takes so that they would be able to pick from something and what you guys hear, for those of you who play DRV3, um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what they wound up going for. Yeah, 
now, now you like I mentioned previously. I mean, you know, IMDb page, you know, Miles Lawn. So you have a you've voiced a bunch of characters over the years. Are there any yeah. of them that kind of just have a special place in your heart? And rather, and also, are there any of them that you know you kind of were like eh, whatever about, or is it all just kind of you all you care about them all kind of equally? Well, I don't know that I would care about all of them equally because oh. as an as an actor, a lot of times we aren't given the opportunity unless it's you know something that you booked where it's like you know the entire season for an anime like you know Uryu um or Shino um but I would I would have to say uh, for different reasons um and for those of you guys who who follow me on social media know this already but I don't know if you're going to be able to uh, yeah, I can't, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't really. The the camera angle isn't working very much. But for those of you who can see it, that's the um, uh, the uh, crest of kindness from Digimon Adventure Two, um, and uh, Ken Ichijoji definitely holds a very special place in my heart um, because. I that was the first time as an actor um for various reasons that I earned that role um and had no idea in the beginning how powerful that role would actually become to a lot of fans later on um and even to the extent of it's actually helped a lot of people during that time period so we're we're talking 1990 right now no 90 yeah 1990 in which um for people who i've actually met at conventions numerous times have said if it wasn't for that character and your voice in that character i probably wouldn't be talking to you right now wow Ooh. i mean that i mean it's high praise though i mean it is a testament to your skills because i mean obviously yeah. now you're one of the most renowned voice actors of our generation i'm not going to hear any debate about that <laughs> But was it, was it always kind of just kind of one thing after the other, easy-wise? Or was there definitely a curve that you had, to, a hill you had to climb in order to get to stardom? It's always a curve, dude. I mean, it's never-ending. Um, you know, I mean, we're, like, right now. I mean, what you guys may see on television is great, but there's all of the times that we're not working. <laughs> As an actor, and it's like, what are we doing this month as far as trying to earn an income? And what do you do when you're not, when you don't meet that, that, you know, uh, that right now? So we're definitely going through that, especially with, with what's going on with the coronavirus. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I'm glad that people only remember the good stuff <laughs> because there's, there's all that. For, for me as an actor, there's all that time when we're not earning an income and it's like, oh, crap, now what? What do you do now? Sure. You know? Um, I don't know if I answered your question, though. Did I answer your question? Oh, yes. You answered just fine. No, I was very happy with that answer. But uh, something that you do do. Uh, yeah. Um, you do do uh, when you're not being a voice actor is the next thing I actually kind of want to talk about. Now, uh, before I introduce this, guys, if you guys look in the chat 
a bunch of different links associated to Stephen Prince, you know, Twitter, his, his um, store, uh, a couple others, and one link in particular I'm going to talk about, it's his Twitch channel. Now, I'm going to oh, yeah. 100% clean Stephen Prince and everybody watching both on Facebook Live or if you're watching it later on YouTube, going to come 100% clean. When you told me you wanted, you know, to promote your Twitch channel a little bit, I was like, of course, absolutely, because, you know, you're Stephen Prince. If you told me to flip off my house, I, I, don't, I, <laughs> I do my best. But internally, I was like, who doesn't have a Twitch channel now? But then, during my research, you know, I watched a couple episodes of your Twitch. I got to be honest, you, you, made, you made me look like a fool, because you're... Your content's great. I mean, your content's great. You're, you've got interviews. You've got gameplay stuff. You know, I've, I watched some of your Guild Wars 2 gameplay, and you're just oh, sweet. filling out with people, and I dig that. And, guys, yeah. it's in the link's in the chat if you guys are watching live or if you guys are watching on YouTube. It's all, all the links are in the description. But I just kind of wanted to ask kind of why Twitch and kind of how would you get started? You know, what about Twitch do you like using? And just, you know, anything else? Um... Uh, and and by the way this is just currently for like what we're doing now it seems to be the best platform it may not wind up being the best platform sure. a couple of months from now but i i really like it because of when i was doing research on which platform to start with um it seemed to have the most features for what i was looking for um, not going to get into too much detail about it, but not, and this is with every actor I'm, a, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm imagining, but not everybody likes me and that's cool. You're entitled to your opinion, you know, but, um, this is the best, this particular platform is really good for just being able to stop some of the negativity, um, right off the bat. And so we've figured that was great. I, I do have a team that out that helps me. So it's not just me by myself. Um, and, um, so yeah, um, it started off with just doing streams of Digimon adventure two, which I do on, on Sundays. Um, and I do commentary on that. You know, we take breaks in the middle of the episode and talk about different parts of it or, Oh my gosh, you know, and, and for me as a viewer, because I'm also watching it for the first time. It's cool because I never saw some of the stuff that, that, I, that I saw before or when I was recording it. You know, it's like we're talking 20 years ago. So it's like <laughs> coming back to me now. It's like, oh, yeah, I totally remember that. So it's, it's cool in that respect. Um, and then it just kind of morphed, ha, 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 yeah. from there. Um, I, I say ha 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 because obviously you know Power Rangers, but yeah, um, but it morphed from there, and then it started making me think. It's like you know we have no idea how long this pandemic is going to go for, and it. I know it would be helpful for a lot of fans if there was a way for them to be able to keep in touch with maybe some of their favorite voice actors and it's also an opportunity for me as just an individual being able to kind of check up on people that you know maybe I didn't really know a lot about and it's just like oh my god wow you did that and it's like like a fanboy moment for me in a way so um 
the Behind the Voices, which is on Wednesdays slash Thursdays, depending on people's availability, is, is an opportunity for fans to be able to just hang out and kind of be at like a mini convention for like an hour or an hour and a half, you know? And so that's cool. And I figured, well, why not me? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm a pretty personable person. And, uh, you know, um, so kind of taking that perspective, I, I did that. And then I just wanted to, I realized that there were a couple of my uh, peers who are doing game streams, like Brianna Knickerbocker and Erica Harlicher and, you know, they're doing their own game thing because they're in that game and that's cool. And, but for me, um, I really started getting into Guild Wars 2 about maybe a year, year and a half ago. And it's like, why not just do something that I, I'm not in it? You know, I, I never, I didn't record any voiceover work for it, but I, that is just a game that I am just absolutely taken and fascinated with. And Obviously, from the research that I was doing when, you know, other people were talking about how to be a better Twitch, you know, entrepreneur, do stuff that you're passionate about. So I'm pretty passionate about that game. It's, it's a so. really fun and easy game to get into. Oh, it is. I mean, I mean this isn't going to turn into a Guild Wars 2 ad. Don't, don't worry, guys. But uh, <laughs> it is a fun game. If you guys have a gaming PC that, you know, can handle it, it's not too, it's not too, uh, what's the word? Uh, it's not too intensive on your, uh, yeah. your specs. So, you know, it's a fun game, though. So you guys should check it, it out. But, um, and then, like I said, your Twitch and all the other links are in the chat if you're watching live. Or down below, if you're watching on YouTube, you're the Digimon Prince on Twitch. So go and check him out and give him a follow. And uh, the next thing on YouTube. What's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same thing on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next thing I want to talk about is a lot of people that are watching uh, both our physical interviews, you know, before all this COVID stuff and the online ones. A lot of people like look up to you, you guys, celebrities, be you actors, artists, voice actors, you know, et cetera. And I'm thinking, yeah, maybe this is something I want to get into and like, you know, maybe make my end career. Are there any, are there any, for people watching at home, kind of any advice you give people, even if it's yes. uh, some tough love? Yeah. Um, and, and I have to be respectful for people and, and I have to remember that, you know, I, I, I was once long time ago in a lot of other people's positions where they're trying to get started and, and start out. So I, I, I'm, you know, trying to keep an open mind when I'm messaging certain people, you, you know, and they're asking me similar questions like that. Um, but yes, um, tough love is definitely needed in, in some respects. And so what I will do is a couple of things. Um, Number one is, and this is something I mentioned when I'm at conventions um, and am doing a voiceover panel specifically for introduction to voiceover. Um, oh, hopefully I'm not going to blank out on this. There is a website. I think it's, I think it's called howtobeavoiceactor.com or something in that respect. But it was it was written it was de designed and and written by one of our greatest voice actors, who is totally spacing on me right now as far as who designed it and developed it. But 
pretty much every single facet of voiceover from just, you know, how do you create a voice to how do you make a demo to everything in between is on that website. And I would highly, highly, highly suggest going there to um, learn a lot of the stuff initially. If you're kind of past that stage and maybe you are an actor already and it's just like this isn't another facet that you want to start developing, I would um, definitely um, take a look at, there's one particular video YouTube channel um, that is done by Chuck Duran and his wife uh, <laughs> um, mm, dang it. Why am I spacing out on it now? Um, These are all Google searches away, guys. If you guys want to actually see the nitty gritty yeah. of these, you know, resources. I did hit you on the spot, so I don't blame you for not. No, 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 no. That, that's totally all right. Um, there is one, there is one thing that I've, um, taken and utilized and read out loud when I'm at conventions, kind of like as a precursor to getting into introduction of voiceovers. And it's always stuck with me. And this is something that um, Bob himself put on YouTube probably about a year ago, maybe a couple of years ago. And I, you know, just caught, I, I took snapshots of it and, and it holds true even today. There's a lot of, people that are out there and I totally get it that would like to get specifically into anime like that is what they want to do and they've never had a voiceover class they've never had an acting class they just want to do anime I think that's great and it's probably better if that's what you want to do to do it as a hobby and you know if you want to do your own you know, English dubs and, 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 you know, record them. Fantastic. Go for it. But I wouldn't necessarily suggest it as a career because as a career in and of itself, depending on where you live, I don't know anybody that's ever made a living just from doing anime in and of itself. Really? Is there? Because you don't make enough money. Okay. There, there just is not enough money to be made in it. And it's sad that as one of the hardest and most, oh my gosh, like there's so many different things that you have to do as an actor to be able to do that because you're watching, you're watching initially the, the original Japanese and then you're watching the mouth flaps and you're trying to memorize your line while you're watching the mouth flaps and then you're coming in at the fourth beep and you're trying to remember what you just remembered to do the mouth flaps it's like all of this stuff that is so intricate and you would think that with all these intricacies as an actor and then you're just recording that that would be enough to pay you like oh my gosh like oodles and oodles of dollars but unfortunately um without getting into too much detail about it because i know this can open up a pandora's box um <laughs> It, it, there, there's. It is one of the least paid jobs, or, or least amount of paying jobs that is out there as a voice actor. And I don't. I 
to just do that, I mean, unless you are just working in and out and in and out and in and out and people know you and you're also probably maybe doing some directing or some writing on the side, it's just not enough to, to be sustainable. So, uh, as, so when you first start out, uh, well, I, it sounded to me like, you know, this is advice, you know, no matter what stage you're at, but especially when you're starting out, are you kind of advising people just kind of to take whatever role they can get, not be just picky about doing just anime? Yes. Or video games or cartoons, whatever your uh, yeah. forte is. Okay, I mean, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense because, I mean, if you limit yourself to just, you know, anime, you're also, you know, stop, or you're also not taking offer, like, job offers from literally thousands of other, you know, avenues. So that makes sense. Now, a big part of voice acting, I mean, really acting, voice acting, really just life, is rejection. Yeah. I would say, you know, acting and voice acting, it's definitely more prevalent than some professions. How do you kind of, I mean, you know, even though you, like I said, one of the greatest voice actors of our generation, I'm sure you've had your fair share of rejections, both in, you know, in jobs. Does it ever get easier? And kind of how do you deal with rejection? No, it doesn't get easier? No, no, never, never gets easier. Um, In fact, it gets harder. And the reason why it's gotten harder is because now that we are all staying at home and more people have been coming out of the woodwork to compete for the same jobs that I never had to compete against before. Okay. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You can be anywhere. As long as you've got your home set up and you've got a professional sounding mic and you've got a good condenser and you've got a good preamp and you've got software to be able to support what you're doing. Now you're competing against everybody that is out there with the exact same setup. We're not just talking the United States guys. We're talking everywhere in the freaking world. So imagine how much harder it has now become to get a particular role for what you're auditioning for. So, so is it harder because, you know, as, both current current affairs and you know as technology rises you know it's a lot easier to you know film or not film uh record a demo reel or to reach out to people looking for voice actors does that saturation in the market then mean there's more competition and therefore is it a little more is the industry a little more cutthroat as a result or is it is everybody kind of play by the rules and kind of you know you know may the best man win I would say it's, it, I would like to say it's about, you know, may the best man win. It does come down, I, even though they don't want to say it necessarily, I think it does come down in studios to whoever has the better equipment and sounds better wins. Okay. Because since we have no idea when we're actually going to be going back to a studio per se, if you're, equipment and the way that you sound doesn't sound as similar to as if you were standing inside of a booth in a studio you know i i mean i've i've had to put a crap load of stuff on credit cards just to be able to compete wow 
It, it, now, is that at kind of more the high level things or the people starting out? Is that something that they need to? It's, I would say it's, it's manageable. It's definitely not some of the higher end stuff that I know some of my peers have that I am competing against. But it works. And, you know, as long as, as long as the studios think it's acceptable, then I'm not going to upgrade further from what I already have. But you definitely need a bit, especially if you want to go in the big leagues like where you are, you definitely need some sort of setup and not a MacBook Pro that I'm talking with right now, correct? Yes. And, and having like software on a phone, you know, to record from, it ain't going to cut it anymore. Dang. Well, okay. The next thing I wanted to ask is, and this is similar to the same, in the same vein as what we have been talking about, but let's say I am a voice or not i'm sorry i'm not a voice actor yet but i've taken classes you know i'm an actor wanting to step into voice acting you know i've taken yes. classes. i got the chops but not yes. necessarily the technical know-how or what to do from here what would you advise me the physical embodiment of everybody watching right now who are wanting to get into voice acting what would you advise me to do at this stage um if there, there, I know that there are some companies out there, and I'm only going to suggest this because it's not enough. Uh, some people just don't have the money to be able to take classes. They just don't. You know, it's not physically in their budget to be able to do that. And I get that. Um, the next best thing is if any of you guys have any groups that you can be a part of, either through Facebook or on Twitter or anything else where maybe they do like improv or, and they, and there are some companies out, there are some groups that are out there that do like zoom meetings, like once a week, you know, and do that as part of their thing. Um, and they don't necessarily charge for it or the charge is minimal. You know, at least it's more manageable to do than what some people would charge for a voiceover class, which is, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what some people charge, but, you know, I can imagine it's probably at least 150 bucks for a session. You know, some people just don't have that kind of dough. And I get that. So the ne do the next best thing. Do, you know, do, do a workout group, you know? And if you can't find a workout group, then maybe come up with one yourself, you know, and do like a Zoom meeting um, where it's like three or four or five of you that are all just kind of, just doing improv stuff, you know, do some, do some stuff from, you know, stuff that you've learned all already, you know, and, and just throw it out there and play off of each other. And that's how you develop characters or find characters that are inside yourself that maybe you never even knew that were there. Would you recommend kind of, would you recommend them just kind of trying to find any job that would take them or kind of be a little bit more selective? For instance, you know, for this show, I reached out to so many celebrities and, you know, they're slowly trickling in because, you know, we've built up kind of an audience now, this being episode yeah. seven. But at yeah. first, you know, not many would give me the time of day. To be fair, I mean, a lot of them have, did initially, you know, have people like you. I mean, I never expected in a million years, I, you know, when I'm throwing these spears, I'd ever catch a Moby Dick. But uh, you, know, yeah. you and just countless other people that have been on the show right now, you know, never thought in a million years they'd get back to me, but they have. But, you know, you miss every shot you don't take. And for every one of you that got back to me, five of people didn't. So would you right. recommend exactly. that kind of translate to people who are getting into voice acting? Kind of just 
you know, you miss every shot you don't take, or at least starting out, should they be a little bit more selective? To quote my agent, it's like throwing spaghetti against a wall and seeing if it sticks. <laughs> I mean, that's a great, that, I mean, that's a great way to put it though. I, 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 I can't tell you how many things I audition for that I don't get. Really? I would say if I was going to do a ratio for the things I get compared to the things that I don't get, it would be one for every hundred. Wow. So, I mean, really, it's, you know, you miss every shot you don't take. So, really? Wow. All right. So, I mean. You might, yeah. You might as well just throw spaghetti against the wall and see if it sticks. Well, I mean, I, I, I can't think of another, of a better uh, note to end the interview portion of this off of than uh, throw spaghetti at a wall, see what sticks. So with that said, ladies yes. and gentlemen, I know a bunch of you have already said a bunch of stuff in the chat and asked a bunch of questions, but you haven't already. Now is your chance to do so because, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the plug zone. All right. So, all right, Stephen Prince, now is your time to promote anything you want to promote, plug anything you want to plug, go for it. Well, um, uh, since it's already somewhere in the chat, but just to, to add, a, add fuel to the fire, so to speak, um, yes, uh, so I have my Twitch channel, which is the Digimon Prince. Uh, it's all one word. Uh, same thing for YouTube, the Digimon Prince. Uh, the, after about two weeks, things go off or fall off of Twitch. So um, the only thing that I will be reposting uh, from all the stuff that I do on a weekly basis is just the interviews that I have with the voice actors. Um, but in addition to that, and this is kind of why I created it because we don't know when cons are going to actually physically start getting back into gear. So there is the store that I have. Um, I've heard various things from various people. So I'm not sure what does and doesn't work as far as the store goes. But um, I think you have to be invited after I friend you on Facebook is how it works. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if somebody went and randomly just tried searching on, um, what is it? I think it's DSPS, DSNPS. <laughs> um, it was somebody. Yeah, so I think it's DSPS, DSNPS. If you search for that, you may be able to find the store, <laughs> but I don't know that for a fact. So um, friend me first on Facebook. I'll accept you. And then, um, uh, and then as, as soon as I accept you as a friend, then I can invite you to the store. It's a great opportunity for those of you guys who you know, we're maybe hoping that I'd be at a convention and, and the convention got canceled. Um, greatly for you to still be able to get some of the eight by tens that I would normally sell at a table. Um, it's also an opportunity for you guys to be able to request a video. Um, like if you want me to, like if you know somebody who has a birthday coming up or if you have an anniversary coming up or whatever coming up and you want me to do a special video as a character, I can do that for you as well. Um, and I don't charge more than what I would normally charge at a convention. So it's, a, it's the same deal. And um, yeah, so there we go. 
And all those links, like I said, are going to be in the live chat. And if you're watching on YouTube, in the description. All right, guys, exactly. we're at the plug zone. So right now we're going into viewers' comments and questions. So I'm just going to re scroll up and then Marissa Pence from my uh, – what's, oh, what's the word? Uh, we work together at VisionCon. Uh, also provided me a bunch of questions that she compiled from all of you guys' questions into one easy-to-read list. Marissa, you're the wind beneath my sails. Thank you so much. Um, all right. So a bunch of people, you know, nothing but nice things to say. Super excited you joined sure. the show. So thank you once again. Uh, is one of your is one of your people viewing Hannah? I'm sorry. Is her name is one of the people that's um, watching right now? Her is her name Hannah. I can't see everybody who's watching right now, but no one oh, okay. commented is named Hannah that I can see. Okay. If you are, oh oh, actually, hold on. Uh, was the last name Gordon? Yeah. Yes, Hannah Gordon. Yep. She, so uh, just get Hannah. Thank you uh, for requesting to follow me. As soon as we are done with the show, I will definitely accept you. She has said that she's never seen an actor so in touch with his fans. And so that's something that her and I both really appreciate about Aww. him. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying similar things, whether they love Naruto, Digimon, you know, Bleach, you name it. Uh, a couple questions that I wanted to get to before we wrap yeah. up today. Uh, Tabitha wrote in and asked, who has been your favorite character to voice? I know I've asked you kind of a, a bunch of them that you asked, but, you know, gun to your head, Stephen Prince. What has been your absolute favorite character to voice? Ugh. I I can't answer that question. It's like picking my favorite pet. <laughs> you know? um, not that I have any pets, because I don't, but, yeah. you know, if I had one, or favorite kid. Um, For some of the people who tuned in late, what are some of your favorites? Okay, well, I, 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 will, I will tell you at least my top four or five or whatever. So, um, Kenichi Joji slash Digimon Emperor from Digimon Adventure 1. Um, Vimon from Digimon Adventure, or I'm sorry, not Digimon Adventure 1, Digimon Adventure 2. Um, and then Vimon, uh, who was the main Digimon from Digimon Adventure 2 as well. Uh, Shino Abarame from Naruto slash... Naruto Shippuden slash Boruto. Uri Yoshida from Bleach. Um, uh, uh, um, I'm actually going to throw out there something that maybe some people aren't as familiar with. Um, but it actually is one of my favorite roles. And even though I was only in there for a couple of sessions, it has stuck with me to this day because I very rarely get to play this type of character, which is a, you know, hero in, in, in all senses of, <clears throat> of the word. Um, but there was this game called Odin Sphere, um, which, which is, I think, for PlayStation only. PlayStation, I mean, PlayStation exclusive. Not only, I mean, I've never seen any of the scenes where I actually did some of the voiceover work for, but I've seen some of the playthrough and, oh my gosh, like the two dimensional graphics that are on that because they make it, they lift the characters out from the actual background, but it's still two dimensional. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. Um, and um, so, I mean, that, that's one of my favorite characters um, as well. I, I do have a certain affinity for Kokichi, but not as much as I have for like some of the other characters. 
and um, Fuyuhiko Kuzuru, who was in Danganronpa 2. I don't know why, but the, the, produce, the, the original Japanese production, who is, I don't know if any of you guys know this, but the people who do the auditions for the original Japanese production company, they don't necessarily have the final say. It's the actual original Japanese production directors slash producers that have the final say in who gets picked. So I, if you guys weren't aware of that, for some reason, I don't know why, but they, they like casting me like smart-ass kids for some <laughs> reason. I, I, but yeah. So I would, I would have to say those are probably some of the top ones. Um, I mean, I mean, it, you definitely play those characters well, to their credit. But um, Julie wrote in and asked, who has been kind of your, some of your biggest supporters throughout your career? Some of my biggest supporters as far as... as Maybe not necessarily fans, but uh, I don't know, just <clears throat> you know, in life, really. Just kind of, you know, loved ones, friends, you know, anyone who really, like, was there for you during your career that, you know, you, could, you arguably could not be where you are today if not for them. I would have to say um, companies. Um, I'm going to have to... Not that you're ever going to see this, Eric, but... Um, the president of Bang Zoom um, has been huge for me. Um, Eric and I go back to before Bang Zoom was Bang Zoom. So uh, we're talking long time ago, like 27, <clears throat> maybe 26, 27 years ago, 28 years ago, uh, when he was just first starting out. And I was one of the first actors that he hired for his first uh, big break in terms of, I think it was Zero Woman, if I'm not mistaken. It was this Japanese movie that he needed some actors for. And so um, uh, I was one of the actors that, that got cast and hired for it. And uh, he, I think he does this for all of the people who helped him out. It's like, and it's just like a returning thing. It's like, because you remembered me, brother, and you helped me out. I'm helping you out. So it's like, I don't always get cast for all the stuff that Bang Zoom does, but man, I'm just eternally grateful for um, uh, always at least getting thought about for auditions for stuff that they do. And it's even better when I get cast for something, you know? Um, so I would have to say, Eric, I would also have to say Rita, uh, Mac, uh, Acosta Macjet, who um, uh, goes all the way back to my Power Ranger days and um, has always brought me in for stuff, always thought about me when doing, you know, new shows or possibly, um, I guess, recasting for shows that she remembered me as a character for in the past that was able to bring me in for the current you know, whatever it is, like, um, for those of you guys that are waiting for it, Last Kazuna uh, for Digimon Adventure is going to be coming out on DVD slash Blu-ray, I guess, in July. I'm not sure if it's still July 7th, but I think there's been some more pushback because they've had some technical difficulties due to COVID. Yeah. But um, I know a lot of people who are fans, you know, of that character. This is like, I don't know how many years later, but from Digimon Adventure 2, those same characters reappear in the movie. 
And um, I know if it wasn't for her, I, I, I wouldn't be, you know, in the movie. Um, and um, I would have to say those are probably two of the, the, two of the biggest proponents um, in terms of making sure that I'm, if, if there's stuff for me to be able to do as far as work goes, then I'm, then I'm doing it, you know? And um, I would say a close, very close third would probably be PCB Productions, uh, Keith and Val Aram, who I met years ago. And um, before they got to where they were, you know, I, uh, they, they cast me in a couple of smaller games and um, it's, I, I've, I've developed a, a very close friendship with them um, in addition to working for them. and. So yeah, that all three of those guys. Well, speaking of games, uh, Aaron wrote in yeah. and asked, "What what is your favorite Kingdom Hearts project you've been a part of?" For those of you watching who don't know, he also voices Vexen from Kingdom Hearts series. What's kind of your favorite Kingdom Hearts game you've been a part of? My favorite Kingdom Hearts game to be a part of? Yes. Hmm. Or pro well, project project was the nomenclature he used, but the project. Um. I don't remember which number it was. I don't know if it was two or if it was 2.5. Mm -hmm. um, but the first time that you actually meet Vexen, I think would probably be my favorite. Okay. And the only reason is not because of necessarily the acting that I did in it, but because of fans' reactions to that game, because I guess he was like the final boss or one of the final bosses. One of the and he was so difficult. This is me just kind of regurgitating what fans have told me. Sure. He was one of the more difficult bosses to actually play against. And I'm going, oh, cool. I, I love that. <laughs> no, uh, a, a little behind the scenes in my life. No, during that yeah. boss fight, I personally, and eh, I'll admit this, I personally broke a controller during it because I couldn't beat <laughs> it. I, I eventually did in my older years, but man, that was hard. But no, I mean, I can understand that though. It was a, that was a fun. That was a fun character after all the rage, of course. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. L'Oreal wrote in and asked, "With all these voices, how in the and this is all in caps, how in the heck do you learn how to match the characters?" So I guess she's asking, "How do you how do you best match a voice to a character?" Oh, well, um, sometimes it's easy because it's kind of just laid out in the description. Other times it is not easy at all. And it is, this is the, and when you're competing and auditioning against thousands of other voice actors who are also up for the same audition or who give an, an audition for that character and it's you against the thousands of other voice actors that are out there, it's, I think a lot of it has to do with your experience. It has to do with you, who you grew up watching and listening to and and then somehow in the randomness of the you know everything that is inside your brain being able to come up with something that's unique enough and different enough that basically wins it over so i'll i'll, I'll share with you this one since we've been talking about kingdom hearts 
um, that I was blown away about because I had no idea how big this project already was. I had never heard of Kingdom Hearts, but apparently, you know, it was already a thing. And when they were auditioning for Vexen, I literally was up against actors, not nearly as the mag as magnanimous as it is right now, but I was I, I and I didn't even know this when I would uh, I was auditioning for it because you know it was just me and literally in my car with my laptop and a microphone and a preamp, and that was the closest thing that I could get to as far as a booth goes, you know that would be uh, in a close enough space that I was able to, to do this one audition for my agent. And I had no idea that I was competing against literally thousands of other voice actors that were competing against it in Canada, in England, in New York, in Chicago, in Los Angeles. And so based on the description that was given to me, of the character and the kind of character that he was, that he was kind of a scientist. And I think maybe in my own brain, this is kind of where like the pieces all came together. So scientist, um, uh, like, like removes himself from situations, um, evil, but very calm and collected at the same time. I don't know why, for me, that registered as Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> but it did. And because of that, because they didn't want accents necessarily tied to the characters, and they wanted to be as neutral as possible, I thought, well, fine, then I'll do a take of Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show, but without the English accent. Okay. I mean, I can, I can definitely see the inspiration behind that. So that's what became Vexen. Okay. Well, we got time for one last question, guys. Uh, I wrote in and asked, how was it dubbing Uryu for the Bleach live action movie? Oh my gosh. That was amazing. Because as you guys who are fans, of the anime, no, not everybody that was in the anime was cast to be in the live action version. I almost wasn't cast to be in the live action version. Um, But thank goodness, um, the the person who is uh, head of Studiopolis saw at least the, 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 out of the kindness of his heart, to be able to at least bring me in. And it was almost like while I was doing the recording session, it was also an audition at the same time because the the mentality that they were going with for the live action version was that not everybody who did the voice acting for for the anime was going to necessarily match the face of the actual actor for the live action version. Like there were some people that specifically, you know, I mean, it's no fault of any of anything of their own. It just didn't like the voice coming out of that face didn't necessarily match from the anime. And so that that's what they had to kind of be careful of going into the live action version. So 
I had to young up Uryu. I couldn't have the same voice that I had in the anime as I had in the live action version. I had to young him up because the, the, I mean, you could see just from looking at the, this, this, this younger Japanese kid who was, you know, doing it. And it was very slight, but it was slight enough that if I didn't young him up, they would have to get somebody else to voice him. Okay. I, I mean, that was very innovative. I, I never would have thought of that. So, yeah. It worked. But, it did. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to say but that's all we have time for. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode seven of VisionCon Live. Before we sign off, do you have any final words to say, Stephen Prince? No. Um, I know some of you guys might be confused because uh, he's been calling me Stephen instead of Derek Stephen and, or just Derek. And, um, that just so you guys all are aware and know, um, the, the little backstory behind that without getting into too much detail is um, I, I go by my full name because that's what's on all of my credits. That, that is what I actually have to use for my credits because for a lot of the projects that I'm in that are uh, union, um, there's already an actor named Steve Prince. And I can't use that, but I've, I've always, I mean, ever since I was in college, people have been calling me Steve. And so it's, it's really for, I guess, more of the fans who may not necessarily know me as well, or people who just don't, who I haven't had the opportunity to meet and get to know as, as far as people or friends that call me Derek. But, you know, um, based on um, uh, that, so that's, that's why, um, Anyway, that's a little bit of the backstory behind of that. Of course. But um, as far as, as you guys go, even though I've never met you, please feel free to call me Steve. Like if we're ever doing a, a messenger chat, you know, in Facebook uh, or on Twitch uh, or Twitter, um, please feel free, you know, call me Steve. You don't have to call me Derek. Uh, but I, I, I don't, you know, correct anybody if they do um, because that's what a lot of people know me as. Um, but Yes. So uh, the only thing that I didn't really touch on was my, if, if any of you guys don't use Facebook and you only use Twitter, then um, you can just follow me with at voiceoverprints, all one word um, on Twitter. Um, Cause I do do that for those of you guys. And I, I don't want to give away too much cause I can't really talk about it until it's announced. But for those of you guys who might be watching who are from the, you know, Europe or the UK, um, you'll definitely want to start following me more on Twitter. And it's for a good reason. Uh, but I can't really talk about it a lot. All right. Yet. Well, I mean, like I said, all of those links, including your Twitter, are in the live yeah. chat if you're watching live or right down here on YouTube description if you're watching on YouTube. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been... Episode 7 of VisionCon Live. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, for Episode 8 of VisionCon Live, it's going to be next Tuesday, June 16th, with the one and only Quentin Flynn. He voices... Hey! Yeah, he voices... Awesome. Iruka from Naruto, Cone from Bleach, Axel from Kingdom Hearts. And then I usually... This is where I usually kind of do a sneak preview for the people watching to have kind of like an early access to the next guest. I've got a few. They're slowly trickling in since, you know, the show's kind of, you know, gaining an audience. So they're slowly trickling in. So we don't worry, guys. We have a lot more episodes in mind and in the works. 
So, you know, it's not going to end just next Tuesday. So, but until then, this has been Zach Wilson. And much more importantly, this has been Derek Stephen Prince. We'll see you guys next time.